appreciate tonight the privilege to pray and to take our needs to the Lord. I appreciate personal time of prayer. Thank the Lord for that. Uh, but I, there is something about gathering together in the altar with the people of God, taking our needs together to the Lord. I'm grateful for the privilege that we have to do that service tonight. Hebrews chapter 6, if you have a copy of the Word of God tonight and want to turn and look in the Scripture together with us tonight, we'll be in the book of Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews chapter number 6. You found your place. If you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 6. I want to begin reading tonight in verse number 13 and read down through the end of the chapter and try by the help of God for just a few minutes to give you what's on our heart for the service tonight. Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 13. For when God made promise to Abraham... Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner for us is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I feel... Tonight, much like I did on Sunday morning, I was praying and asking the Lord for what He wanted for the service tonight. All I could get on my heart, the Lord spoke to my heart one word, and He said to preach on the anchor. And that's what I want to preach on tonight, the anchor. Now, I, the Lord got to deal my heart about the anchor, and I got to praying and trying to seek the will of God and began to look in the Scripture. And I found out that the word anchor is only mentioned in two passages in the whole word of God. One of them here in Hebrews chapter 6 and the other in Acts chapter 27 when the apostle Paul's in the storm. And the Bible said that they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And I began to ponder on that and I felt like I'm just going to be real honest because I feel like I ought to be. I was pondering on that and thinking and I didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And the Lord had spoke to my heart and I knew I was supposed to preach about the anchor. 
But I, to, to what extent or what I was supposed to say, I had no idea. I just felt like I was spinning my wheels. I pondered. I preached a lot over the years from Acts 27. It's probably one of my favorite passages in the Word of God. I preached many different things and looked at many different things. And I preached from Hebrews chapter 6 many times. And, and, and many things are here about going on to perfection and of things that accompany salvation and all of that and about this anchor that we have of the soul but it seemed like nothing really was coming together and then uh, uh, sometime about uh, uh, about to 545 I don't know uh, I was asking the Lord to help me and I, I, I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere but I felt like maybe and I'm just uh, being real honest tonight and it feels good in my heart to say so uh, I, I feel like somebody else about 545 touched heaven uh, uh, for the preacher and it all just kind of started coming in and, and the Lord opened my eyes and let me see some things uh, and Hebrews chapter 6 about this anchor that I had never seen before. Now the reason that I began reading, I could have took up my text just down here in verse number 19 and read just about the anchor, but the reason that I took up in verse number 13 where the Bible speaks about Abraham is because in the context God is using the example of Abraham to the anchor that you and I have of hope in Christ Jesus and he uses the promise uh, uh, the surety of the promise that God uh, made unto Abraham and this is what uh, the Bible said it said when God uh, could swear by no greater that is that God uh, was making a covenant with Abraham uh, and of course we know about that covenant that Abraham uh, did not have an heir and he thought uh, that his servant would be the heir of everything that he had uh, but he longed for nothing more than to have a son to be able to bestow unto him all that God had blessed him with. For you see the Bible said that Abraham was exceeding rich in cattle in silver and in gold and he had the favor of God upon his life. Abraham was not so much interested in giving a son the cattle and the silver and the gold but Abraham had got a call from God God, down yonder in Ur of the Chaldees. And if you study the scripture and study about where Abraham came from, his father Terah was an idol worshiper. Abraham was brought up in idol worship. But thank God one blessed day, the God of heaven, the real God, Abraham's father and Abraham knew a whole lot about idol false gods that couldn't do anything for anybody. But one day, Abraham found out about Jehovah God uh, that could do what no one else could do uh, and that's what Abraham loaned uh, to pass down to his seed uh, was the fact that there was a God in heaven uh, and that he had a people called out under himself and a land promise uh, and God gave an oath and a confirmation unto Abraham and he swore by himself uh, that he would give him a son and out of that son uh, would come kings and priests uh, and a great nation the Bible said that God gave him an oath and he showed this oath to be immutable which means it could not be changed 
because God cannot change, then his word cannot change. And here in the scripture, I don't know, maybe you've seen this before, I never have until today, and I thank God for what he's been stirring in my heart. Now he switched gears here, and he's talking about us now, because he says, heirs plural of that that he's given, the heirs of promise. God is showing to us who are the heirs of the promise of God the immutability of his counsel just like he did to Abraham and here's what it says wherein God more willing more abundantly so Paul here if you believe Paul had to be the writers writing the Hebrew Christians who know about Abraham and he's persuading them with things they know and he, they know all about their father Abraham. Uh, they know all about the covenant that God made with Abraham. Uh, they understand and realize the reason they landed in the land of Canaan was because of the promise and the covenant that God made with Abraham. Uh, the reason they were even there today uh, and alive and in the world uh, was because of the covenant that God made with Abraham. And so it was a precious covenant. And it was a covenant that never changed. It didn't matter how many times Abraham stumbled, God's covenant did not change. It didn't matter about the fact that I'm not condoning sin. And God never does. But thank God it didn't matter about the mess up when Sarah said, I think I know what God meant. He meant for you to go into Hagar. and That was not the will of God. But thank God even though they transgressed the will of God, the promise of God still did not change toward Abraham. And that's what the apostles trying to get the Hebrew believers who are going through persecution, who are being killed and stoned and sown asunder, who are being rejected and who are wanting to release themselves. They're wanting to leave this place. They're wanting to leave this Christianity and go back under Judaism because they're afraid that this promise of God will not come through. But Paul said, you know about the covenant, the promise of God and how it did not change to Abraham and he said he's willing to show you even more so the immutability of his counsel and Paul said he's confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things now you look at the scripture here verse number 17 has no end in punctuation so that means verse number 18 is tied to verse number 17 and so the two immutable things, the word immutable means it cannot change. It cannot be undone. It cannot be done over. It will always be the same. And so the two immutable things as spoken of in verse number 18 it must be the two things mentioned in verse number 17. And that is the counsel of God and the oath of God. Those are the immutable things. You say it ain't making a lick of sense. Just hang on a minute. It didn't to me either until the Lord got to show me what it meant. The counsel of God. If you look up the word counsel in its original, 
it means God's purpose never changes. And then the oath of God is His promise. It never changes. And so I'm here to tell you tonight of the reason we have hope and the reason this anchor for our soul is steadfast and sure is because the purpose and the promise of God to us never change. Even though circumstances change, God's purpose and His promise never change. Even though situations may come and situations may go, thank God the promise and the purpose of God never change. Even though Abraham messed up, the purpose of God never change. God knew Isaac was going to be born. God knew there'd be a day on Mount Moriah when it asked Abraham to give him back. And Abraham believed God, knowing that he because Abraham had been to the place where he figured out the oath of God and would come and bypass all circumstance and all reason and all logic. The Bible said he believed it, that he could raise him up from the dead. We say how oftentimes, and I'm not downplaying Abraham, God uh, spoke to us about him and he is the father of faith, but the reality is he was a fleshly man just like you and I. And the reason Abraham could have the faith that he had in God is he laid hold on the promise before him. He laid hold on the hope that he had. Even when situation said there is no hope. Even when science said there is no hope. Abraham's 100 and Sarah's 90. And it's past age with both of them for a child to be born. But thank God the book of Romans. Chapter number 4 said Abraham had hope against hope. Even when all the circumstances that were stacked against Abraham, he had hope because God said there was hope. And then I got to pondering about old Paul. The Lord got to deal my heart there about that anchor. God told Paul before he ever got on the boat, he said, you're going to Rome and you're going to stand before Caesar. Paul got on the boat they got to talking about loosing from Crete. And the Lord said, you better tell them not to go. He said, if you do, there'll be much harm and loss. Not, eat, not just of the ship, but also of your lives. And Paul warned them. But the Bible said the master... Uh, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things spoken by Paul and they set forth and the Bible said not long after uh, there rose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachodon which has to do with the direction the wind was traveling it came through the Straits of Gibraltar across the Mediterranean Sea and the Straits of Gibraltar acted as a funnel uh, which magnified the intensity of the wind and the storm and it's the greatest storm that ever been in. And Paul said it got so bad we couldn't find the sun. We couldn't see the stars. We had no means of navigation. What Paul was saying, we didn't even know where we were, much less where everybody else was. And he said all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But Paul learned something. Even in the midst of the storm, God's promise and God's purpose had not changed. 
It was still the purpose of God for Paul to stand before Caesar. It was still the promise of God that Paul would make it to Rome and to Italy and stand there that day. And even the greatest storm that's ever been recorded in the New Testament could not change the plan and the purpose and the promise of God. And we're in a storm today as the church of God. But I'm telling you, we got an anchor and it's sure and steadfast. It cannot be wavered. If you read the book of Acts, it said they cast them out of the stern, which is exactly opposite of what they ought to have done. They should have cast out of the bow, but they cast out of the stern, which kept the ship pointed in the right direction. And I'm telling you tonight, we've got an anchor in Christ, and it's keeping us in the right direction, going the right way. And thank God the plan and the promise of God will not change for the church. We're going to get out of here. We have a promise to make it. Much like it was that day when Jesus got in the boat with the disciples and He said, let's go to the other side. And while they're sailing, the Bible said there came down a storm of wind upon the sea and they were filled with water and they were in jeopardy. And despite the storm, they don't know what to do. They're bailing out to water, but they can't bail it out any faster than it's a coming in. And by all reason and logic, if the ship's filled with water, it ought to be going under. But it ain't going under because the captain's on board and he's got his head on the pillow. Not a fluffy white thing, but the box that housed the rigging of all the sails. If you wanted to change the direction of the boat, you had to go in the pillow and change it. And that's where it was resting because he was in control. Whether they understood it or not, whether they could see it or not, the purpose and the promise of God was that they were going to the other side. And I don't know about you, but there have been days in my life I've wondered whether or not he was still in control. And you can think bad at me if you want to. I'm just being honest. There have been days my vessel has took on water faster than I could get it out. And I was trying to look for him and find him and felt like he was asleep and unconscious of what was going on in my life. That's how the disciples felt. They thought that because he was asleep, he was unaware of what was going on with them. That's why they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you understand what's taking place around us? But he arose. And the reason he didn't rebuke them, but rebuke the wind and the sea, is because his promise and his purpose never had changed. They were going to the other side. In spite of the weakness of the disciples' faith, they still made it to the other side. I don't know tonight if what I'm saying is registering in you like it's been registering in me. But thank God it's not up to me. I'm not trying to make it. I'm going to make it. Because the promise and the purpose of God will not change. He confirmed it and swore by His own self on a tree called Calvary that we will make it one day after a while. It doesn't matter how big the storms get. Some of you here tonight 
are battling storms in your life. But can I remind you that while the storms are raging and the boats are reeling and are rocking and we're taking on water and we don't even know where we are, you're like Paul tonight. And them others on board, 76 of them. And they didn't have a clue where they were. But they said, we're not going to make it. But there was an anchor hanging on. And I'm telling you tonight, you may not see it. And you may not feel it against the breaking of the wind and the waves. But thank God tonight, there's an anchor. And it goes deeper than natural eyes can see. Paul said it enters within the veil where Christ our forerunner hath entered. That means he's all already there and the work's already been done and the anchor's been placed there and it's just pulling us on in and thank God the purpose and the promise of God will not change toward the church see in most cases when they cast the anchor overboard when they begin to pull that anchor up the natural movement because of the weight of the anchor it begins to move the ship in the direction of the anchor and I'm telling you tonight our anchor has been placed over yonder within the veil he has sat down on the right hand of God expecting till his enemies be made his footstool He is the purpose. And it's not just a thing. Uh, To Abraham it was a person. Uh, The purpose and the promise of God was a person uh, named Isaac. And for you and I, uh, the purpose and the promise of God is a person uh, called Christ. Uh, The promise of God is not just a thing. It's not just a figment of imagination. Uh, The purpose of God is not just a set of plans. Uh, It is a person. Jesus. Jesus Christ. And all we have is all anchored in Him. And Abraham's existence was tied to the oath who was anchored in Isaac. And mine and yours existence as the church tonight is tied in an anchor whose name is Christ. And as long as He's alive, See, that's why Abraham believed God. He knew that as long as Isaac lived, the promise and the purpose of God lived. And he knew that God could not lie, so therefore he staked his claim on Isaac and trusted that the promise and the purpose of God would exist through him. Well, I got good news. As long as Christ lives, the promise and the purpose of God for us shall never die or never change. And he's alive. He said, I'm he that was dead and now I'm alive and behold I live forevermore. And so the purpose and the promise of God is our hope that's anchored in him you say preacher what do I do when the storms get so bad I don't know what to do well I like the language that the apostle uses in Hebrews chapter 6 it says it's for those of us who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope every once in a while Thank God, can I say it like this? This is how the Lord put it in my heart. Thank God the anchor always holds. Uh, But I'm glad every now and again I get to run and take hold of the anchor. 
I'm glad the anchor never moves. He's always there. But thank God for the privilege that we can all come boldly under the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Thank God the anchor holds. But I'm glad I can hold the anchor every now and again. We can flee for refuge. I bore my heart tonight. The Lord told me to preach to you tonight about the anchor. And I'm glad tonight to know I've got one. And I don't need more than one. He's the only one. There's an old song in that red back book. I think maybe sometime, I don't know if any of you know it or not. But there's one in there, I think sometime we ought to learn it. And the writer said, Jesus is the one. Yes, He's the only one. Let Him have His way until the day is done. When He speaks, you know all the clouds have to go just because He loves you so. I'm glad tonight to know He's the one. One of them verses said, When the day is dark before you and the clouds are hanging low, breathe a word to Jesus only. He can make them all go. I'm glad He's the one, the only one. He's all we need. And we got it all in Him. I'm glad tonight for the anchor. I'm glad it holds. I want to say tonight, I'm glad it's not depending on me to hold on to the anchor. I'm glad the anchor's got a hold of me. The shipmen don't throw the anchor overboard and say, now ship, you hold on. Oh no. When the anchor goes overboard, it's all about the anchor holding on. Regardless of what happens to the ship, the anchor will hold. I'm telling you tonight, regardless of what happens to us, regardless of circumstance, regardless of trouble, regardless of trials, regardless of tribulation, the anchor will hold. I'm glad tonight to know so. I'm glad tonight for the anchor. Lord, I thank you tonight for the privilege, Lord, that it's been to be in the house of God. I'm glad tonight I'm saved. I'm glad tonight, Lord, to be on board the ship. I'm glad, Lord, I have a mighty captain. Lord, and I'm glad I got an anchor. Lord, that holds in spite of all of my trouble. Lord, in spite of all of my problems and all of my difficulty, Lord, I'm glad in spite of me, in spite of my flesh, in spite of my sin, in spite of my failures, in spite of my faults, I'm glad tonight God the anchor holds. I'm glad, Lord, it's you. I'm glad, Lord, you're the anchor. I'm glad, Lord, that we have an oath made by God who will never change, who cannot change. Lord, you said every good gift and perfect gift coming down from above, from the Father of lights, whom's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And I'm glad, Lord, because you can't change. I'm glad your promises don't change. And I'm glad your purpose don't change. Lord, I'm glad for that blessed Tuesday night that you put me on board the ship and said, we're going to the other side. Lord, there have been many days the boats took on water. There have been many days the waves were higher in my head. There have been days the clouds and the skies are so black. Lord, I couldn't see or feel you. I wondered at times where you were. Lord, I'm glad the anchor held in the midst of it all. I'm glad it's anchored within the veil. I'm glad it keeps me in the right direction. And I'm glad, Lord, your purpose and your promise never changes. And I'm glad one blessed day, Lord, after a while, we'll arrive over yonder on the other side. Lord, and the writer said, I'll drop my anchor on the other side of Jordan and we'll never leave no more. 
Lord, I'm longing and looking for that day. But Lord, I'm glad for the oath and the promise till then. Lord, that we're going to make it because of Thee. Thank You, Lord, for the privilege to be in the house of God tonight. Thank You, Lord, for the people of God and for the Word of God and the power of God and Your presence among us tonight. I thank You, Lord, for what You spoke to my heart. I thank You, Lord, for whoever prayed through for the preacher today. I thank You, Lord, for that. I thank You, Lord, for Your power and Your breeze that's been manifested among us tonight. I pray some heart will leave encouraged and strengthen, Lord, to know about the anchor of the soul. I love You tonight, Lord, and thank You for loving me. Lord, I praise You. Give You all the honor and the glory. Everything I ask tonight, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.